0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 57, Open 1-to-1, for July 28, 2011. This week we'll be talking with one of the founders and general grand poobahs of the Open 1-to-1 project. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay, I didn't either. Uh, so we'll tell you what the open one-to-one project is, but we'll have Mr. David Trask of the, uh, uh, Vassal Borough Community Schools in Maine, uh, joining us, and he'll be up in just a little bit, a uh, little bit. Uh, but before we go, uh, as a, a bit of warm-up, I wanted to mention, uh, something that is current now. It's going to be a little old news by the time this goes out, but that hits me personally and the show because we talk about it often on the show. Right. And that is that Netflix has decided to screw their customers, uh, to the tune of about a 70% price increase.
1: For some, that's the interesting right. thing, right? We worked that out and mine's, my increase is much less, but go ahead.
0: Uh so if you had the basic the very bottom plan which was uh, I think right at $10 a month for one DVD at a time and unlimited streaming uh now they have separated the two. They no longer have a combined plan. You buy streaming separately and you buy discs separately. So if you just want streaming um that is now 7.99. You've actually uh dropped a couple of dollars. Uh but if you want streaming plus another DVD that's Another seven ninety nine. So what used to be just under $10 is now $16. Or, yeah, right at $16. Um, and it's interesting, I read an article uh, uh, where somebody had talked to, I think it was uh, David Pogue of the New York Times, had talked to uh, a uh, rep from Netflix, and he said something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing liberally here, something to the effect of, aren't you afraid that this will cause your customers to leave? And the rep said, "Well, we already took that into pl- into consideration when we figured out how much we should raise it. So right. basically, they're okay with you leaving because they raised it enough that they're going to get more money anyway."
1: Right. Well, yeah, it's kind of a supply and demand thing, and they they figure the demand will go down, but you know they're going to make it up, uh, you know, on on margin, so to speak. So uh, that's a very typical business tactic. I. I have a hard time with all the ire that's out there over right. this. Uh one it was a it, it was an amazing service for an amazing price. Uh and so you know good for them and uh now they're wanting to you know increase their profit margin uh, like every business really <laughs> should. So uh and I don't necessarily think they're gouging anybody. I mean it used to be you you would go out and rent a couple of movies and you'd go and drive to a place and rent a couple of movies and and it would cost you the same thing and now you're getting all of this content for still a very affordable price so uh you know i'm on the other side of that yes mine increased too but i'm not feeling it quite as much as other people i was on the other end of the spectrum it seems like they they built a bubble in that price increase so i was on the high end i had their their like their highest package and it ended up going up like two dollars a month for me so right. it wasn't a big deal but uh, it seems like they really aimed that at the people in the middle uh, which is probably the majority of their subscribers so uh you know I really think about it. It, it. I guess you know people are already saying that there's other services out yeah, there. Yeah, but if you but go out
0: and look at those other services, Netflix is still a good, a better deal. So with all the wailing and gnashing of teeth that there was on social me- uh, media, Twitter and Facebook and such, uh, it's still the best deal around. And as much as I don't like right. being having my price, the price jacked up uh, uh, so much, it's still the best deal around. Right. And uh, you know, I would go streaming only. I would be happy to. If they had the same catalog, that's my complaint. Their catalog yeah. of streaming is older movies. Um, they don't get the new releases, and it's a, a fraction, uh, a tenth uh, of the movies that you can get on DVD. So if you actually still want the full catalog, you have to get the DVDs by mail. Uh, even though the streaming is a great add-on to that, um, it's just not nearly the content uh that's available through the DVD. So I'm going to keep paying um you know c- conveniently I love the the email that they sent me was um something like for your convenience we will go ahead and bill you at this new rate without you having to do anything. Right. Right you you just sit tight we're just going to take it out of your account. You you don't worry about it. Uh that was a very convenient thing for them to do.
1: Oh no, that's absolutely typical too right of business you know it's uh let's throw this out there and uh you know 90% of the people may uh, we're probably not going to do anything. Right. Cause I know? was,
0: I was only notified by an email anyway. Sure. So if that goes to my spam filter and if I'm not somebody who's paying attention to uh, shows like this, I'm not even going to know. I just suddenly my bill goes up and I'm going to wonder why.
1: Right. If that even, I mean, depending on That's how true. much it's jumped up. So, uh, I would suspect that if I hadn't heard it through, you know, just the, uh, the social media and everything else that, uh, my bill would have gone up $2 a month and I probably wouldn't even have noticed, quite honestly. <laughs> so uh and i'll happily pay it you know I, I may scale mine back i i get the uh I, what is it the most that you can do four or five five, five discs five sometime. at a time uh and that's a little overkill for me if i was really just stayed on top of it a little bit more and like you know got the disc right back in the mail when i was done but i like to get four or five and just be able to lounge around and watch them you know over the course of a week or two and then send them all back at once that's right cool. so
0: no, I'm pretty anal about that. I'll get one and generally send it back within a couple of days at the most.
1: Right. Well, and I guess we should say because this really does sound like a Netflix commercial. <laughs> we we don't get penny one for Netflix, but Netflix, however, since, Netflix, yeah, your your budget has increased significantly. Right. You can really get down deep into the uh, the lower levels of marketing, and
0: <laughs> I guarantee you it won't cost you as much as Leo Laporte charges. Right, <laughs> I'll take half and be quite happy with it, yeah. frankly.
1: So uh, let's talk about uh, where I am. Uh, I'm actually uh, this is my first time visit. Well, second time visit, but really first time recording in uh, Mark's pod, pod In
0: the pod pod. Right. I promise I'm not going to mention the pod pod on every episode, but uh, this was uh, uh, unique in that Sean is here with me today. Uh, instead of over Skype, the last few episodes, we've been over Skype, and uh, if you've noticed that there's a little less delay in our responses, that's because we're side by side again. We're re- reunited once more in my cooler.
1: Yes, yes, it's it's actually pretty cool, right. and it was it was uh you know literally cool when we first got started in here. But I gotta say, geographically, this is set up wrong because because <laughs> the big guy is blocking all yeah, the air. The big guy is right in the way of the AC. <laughs> so I started off nice and cool, but <laughs> I'm a little warm now. But so. the
0: gig, big guy paid for the AC. <laughs> uh, er, yes, yes <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll give you that, <laughs> and uh, I'm not anywhere near like uh, having to pass out or anything. So I'm doing all right. Yeah,
0: if you haven't listened to you don't know what the pod pod is it's basically i built myself you know those coolers that you can get at the grocery store the little styrofoam one-time use things i built an eight foot by 12 foot one of those in my garage uh, using styrofoam uh, insulation panels and a couple of one by twos uh so i've built this little enclosed space and i've got an air conditioner over in the corner and it's a uh, hundred plus degrees outside right now and when we first started it was about 74 in here but uh i think it was sean's hot air has caused oh, yes. it uh, <laughs> so to go sure up a little it. bit um uh, <laughs> But, uh, we're, we're coming to you live from the pod pod or live on tape delay, as they say. Right. Uh, from the pod pod. And it just, uh, that's the last time I'm going to mention it this week.
1: I'm I'm wondering when somebody's gonna request pictures of this because it's very ghetto looking. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure I'd be willing to share pictures. It's it's a broke down castle for sure. It's
1: all functionality and no form.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't care what it looked like. It's and if we ever go back to video, uh, I'll decorate the one wall behind me and not worry about the rest of it anyway. Right. All right. I got to give props if I'm sure he's not listening, but my brother in law helped me build this. Um, but, uh, he's one of those guys with, uh, whose mentality is don't worry about it. They ain't never going to see it. So there's not a straight line. There's not a clean cut (laughs) and there's not a nail that's not sticking up anywhere in this whole structure. Yeah. Uh, But like he said, nobody's ever going to see it. (laughs) So, uh, I think we'll stop babbling there and get on to Mr. David Trask and uh, talk a little bit about the open one to one project. David, welcome to the Tightwad Tech Podcast. We're uh, happy to have you with us. Um, how are things there in uh, Vassalboro? Uh, wait, was it Maine? Did I get
2: it right? Yes, Vassalboro, Maine. Um, actually, it's a beautiful day outside. It's about 78 degrees and sunny. And I think we're supposed to have some thunderstorms a little later on, but uh, not too humid. Yesterday was pretty humid, but uh, today's pretty nice.
0: As I was saying before we got started, here in Texas, everything north of Kansas is New York. So David is from New York. So uh how are things there in New York, David?
2: <laughs> uh good. I can't talk with the New York accent, I'm sorry. Uh
0: let's just start with the basics of uh first let's talk about you. Who who is David Trask?
2: Well, um it's difficult to talk about oneself, but I'll see what I can do here. Uh David Trask is a is an educator. Um, I've been teaching for... Well, I've been teaching since 1986. You guys do the math. I'm going to say that's about 25 years or I'm going into my 25th year or something like that. And um, uh, part of, I'm going to say half of that time I've been uh, a computer teacher and uh, technology director. Uh, for the last decade, I've been a computer teacher and technology director for a small school in uh, Central Maine uh, called Bathsheba Community School. And... Um, uh, and I'm loving it, uh, and that job has actually allowed me to become who I am today with regard to uh, free and open source software. Uh, several years ago, um, actually, shortly after I started there, you know, we went into the typical money crunch type thing, and uh, I was looking to expand the power of uh, uh, computers and, and so forth to more kids in our school. I stumbled upon uh, the uh, K-12 LTSP, uh, the K12 Linux Terminal Server Project, and uh, also LTSP, and uh, set up a little kiosk out in the hallway, and the rest, as I say, is history. <laughs>
0: and th- actually, that's how I know you, David. Uh, I am uh, have been an uh, active worker, at least, on the K12 OSN list uh, for years. In fact, uh, my first foray into Linux, in general, was as a result of that project, uh, wow. setting up uh, uh, setting up that stuff. And, um you wrote the documentation for the Samba LDAP um, uh, installer, wasn't that you?
2: That's true, yes. Yep. Matt Elquist and myself, yep, as, I tell- as I was telling you before the show, I uh, uh, for the last nine years, and next year will be our 10th anniversary, uh, I have hosted a conference called FosseD. If you go to www.fosseD.com, which is F-O-S-S-E-D.com, uh, you can find out more about it. But uh, uh, we have... Um, I uh, had the conference and, and Matt Oakworth was actually uh, one of my partners at that time. And, uh, uh, that actually kind of came out of, uh, we both met at a conference. We had a school system that wanted to be able to do Samba LDAP and I had a, essentially a 40 page how to on how to do it. And, uh, so he created the Samba LDAP installer and, uh, we partnered up and he did the heavy lifting and I did the documentation and, uh, we didn't have to buy a single meal for linux world that year
0: <laughs> <laughs> well as, as it's a story i've told on on this show a couple of times uh matt actually came to my rescue uh when my ldap i, I was running uh, a k12 osn a, a fedora whatever that was at the time server yeah. uh as my primary uh domain controller and it crashed on me and uh I put out a call there on the, the OSN list and, and Matt came in and actually remoted into my server and he spent a full day with me helping me fix it. And, uh, I told him if he ever, he's ever down in Texas, I owe him a keg of beer. Uh, but, uh, he's never taken me up on it. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that you get with open source. As I've said before, you would probably never get, uh, the guys who, uh, work on Active Directory to remote into your server and fix it if it gets hosed.
2: I should hope not. <laughs> <laughs> But that's great. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So tell us a little bit about uh, Open 1-to-1. Bjorn uh, Berent, one of our first listener spotlights, maybe the second one, I think, uh, uh, pointed us in your direction and uh, told us that we need to check out Open 1-to-1. So tell us a little bit about what that project is.
2: Sure. Um, first, a little bit of backstory. In in Maine, uh, as you may or may not be aware, um, uh, all seventh and eighth grade students and now most high school students all have laptops that have been provided by the state. And that is a, uh, a deal with Apple Computer. And uh, uh, about two years ago, yeah, it was two years ago. Two years ago in March, uh, the state of Maine decided that they wanted to expand that into the high school. Like I said, it was first, seventh, and eighth grade, and they wanted to expand that program into the high school, but it was going to be a different funding model. Instead of, uh, uh, you know, just hear the laptops have fun, um, it was going to be based on what they call essential programs and services, which is actually the amount of subsidy that you get from the state uh, for technology, and they were going to take it out of that. Uh, so let's say your school, and I believe the number here in Maine is something like $279 per kid, uh, for technology at the high school level. And, uh, so if you've got a hundred and a hundred students, uh, you know, 279 times a hundred is what your subsidy is supposed to be. However, the more wealthy the community, the less money they get. Everybody kind of follow me on that? That makes oh. sense. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what happened in this case is, we were looking at a, uh, first of all, it was very late in the funding cycle. I mean, March, most people are starting to work on their budget and so forth in November. By the time March comes around, uh, many of the towns and communities in the area have already had their town meetings or have already passed their budget. So it's a little late. Um, I really don't know what the wisdom was behind that, but uh, I didn't do it. But what it did, uh did uh Foster was a lot of schools scrambling to figure out how they were going to pull it off. And some schools realized, we just can't do this. Uh, especially some of the larger, wealthier communities uh, decided, you know, we just can't buy into this. We don't have the money for it. We'd have to lay off tech people in order to do it. Um, but we still want to have a one-to-one program. And uh, so we kind of saw a hole and a need to fill it. And so, uh, Warren Lubkeman, who is actually, uh, uh, the founder of a company called Rosara, which is a commercial. I, I, I I'm just going to compare it to K12 LTSP because that's what they do. They have a, a an educational, um, uh, terminal server project that they, uh, sell. And, um, they actually just recently came out with a really awesome project called the uh, Resara server, which is pretty cool. But anyway, um, his idea was basically, you know, Let's do something for these schools. And so he called me and he called, uh, uh a couple of other people. One of them, Bryant Patton, who is also from, uh, up, up around Bjorn's Way, uh, in Vermont. He's the director of the National Center for Open Source and Education. And, uh, another gentleman by the name of Sean Meredith, who used to be the director of the laptop program in Maine on behalf of Apple. Uh, once he got done with Apple, then his true colors came through and we realized that he was actually uh, very heavily into open source. Um, and it's great having him on board because he's able to uh, help us through, uh, you know, implementation and deployment uh, issues. So what we did is... Uh, uh, basically got together and came up with an image and an imaging solution which i can go into more detail in a minute um and we now have several schools uh here in maine and also in uh, new hampshire and vermont and we're really not sure how many others because we haven't done a very good job of tracking it but uh we do know that the smaller deployment uh all over the world um and uh it's going
0: pretty good So the idea, if I'm understanding you correctly behind this, is you provide the laptop, we'll provide you all the software you need to make that laptop work in a school environment.
2: Exactly. And not just the software, uh, the imaging solution as well. Uh, That's one of the things that we kind of pride ourselves on you basically – we've written a uh, – a USB imaging solution where you can actually take our stock image, put it on this, uh, we have a program called USB Maker, which, uh, allows you to make the USB stick. You put the image on the USB stick, uh, basically the stock image. And I'm at, that's basically my job. I'm the guy that developed the image. And, um, so you take my image, put it on your laptop, tweak it any way you want. And then using that same USB stick, you can create your own image for deployment to all of your machines, uh, in your building. And we also have a configuration manager also built into that USB solution, which allows you to do, uh, uh, basically your naming scheme that you want to do for your school, uh, whether or not you want to touch each machine and, and name it individually, or if you want to do something like, uh, uh, Honey Grove Academy, uh, dash netbook or laptop or something like that and then have the mac address appended to the end of each one of them um we also have the ability to change to set the admin teacher and student password there are three user accounts that are built into the uh into the image admin teacher and student and uh they have varying degrees of what they can access and uh so you can, sh- you can set those passwords and everything using the USB solution, and, and then you basically can just claim that, clone that USB stick about uh, 20, 30 times and uh, do a mass, mass imaging. So.
0: so give me an idea, David, of what software is on that system.
2: Oh, my goodness. It's, it's basically based on Ubuntu. Um, actually, it is based on Ubuntu. Uh, in fact, the latest image that I'm working on right now is based on 1104. Uh, and... Uh, we basically have installed all of the education programs that, that are realistic, I guess is what I'm going to say. Uh, the primary bundle, uh, the Turk, uh, secondary, tertiary bundle. Um, I have installed a one, uh, a physics program called FUN, P-H-U-N. If I you haven't played that. it, you really, that's awesome. Um, and, you know, the, one of the things about working with this is that we've run into a few bugs along the way. Um, I can actually say that, uh, uh, now you have the ability in Ubuntu not to, uh, create ad hoc network. You can go into the, uh, configuration, the GNOME configuration editor, uh, and turn that off so that students can't create their own wireless network. That basically came out as a result of uh, a bug that we put in saying, hey, dude, we need to turn this off. <laughs> we can't have kids making wireless networks all over the place. <laughs> um, so uh, little things like that, you know, I, we've gone in and reported some bugs and some education software that didn't work quite right. And uh, the developers have come back and say, hey, we got a fix for it and uh, and so forth. So, basically, uh, all of the education programs that you would find in the Ubuntu repositories or in the Ubuntu store are included KSTARs, we put in Celestia, Stellarium, and not only have we put them in there, I pre-populated them as well. Um, so, for example, in KSTARs, there are several other uh, databases that you can download and, and include uh, with KSTARs, and when when you deploy your image, you certainly don't want your entire science class sitting there downloading, you know, several hundred megabytes worth of thought charge. um so we build that right in and we take care of that uh part of the image
0: how uh, big is this image
2: it's uh uh 2.2 gigabytes
0: well that sounds like a lot of stuff crammed into a uh, two gig space
2: yeah. but what's amazing is um uh we've actually timed it uh so actually the the first image took about four and a half minutes to deploy uh most recently, it's, it's running right around between five and a half and six minutes per laptop, which is pretty amazing. On uh,
0: what sort of hardware do you recommend this be run on?
2: I, I, it can be run on anything. I, I can say that it was initially born out of, uh, we had a lot of schools that bought netbooks, um, and still have them, as a matter of fact. Uh, and so we basically designed it initially. When I say initially, a couple of years ago, um, this, we're basically in our, Let's see. We're on our we're gonna be on our third image. And um, so initially uh, a lot of schools were using netbook, but we wanna we really want to emphasize that we are not a netbook project. This will run on anything. In fact, I use a MacBook Pro sometimes as my test machine. Um, that's the beauty of Linux is that, uh, it really doesn't hook itself into the hardware too, too heavily. So it makes it very easy to develop images for. Um, and so it's not a netbook project. However, we have written a lot of this stuff for netbooks in the past. So it'll run on, on a very low powered netbook. Unfortunately, you
0: in. mentioned Apple, and now Sean has left the show in protest.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to go sit over here.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you were listening to the show, but Sean is our resident Mac hater. Um, yeah,
2: I, I can understand that. I really can.
0: <laughs> so, uh, David, I have a question here that, sure. that may sound like a fanboy question, but um, I have never been able to ever purchase a laptop or, or netbook without some OS on it. So yeah. tell me why I should blow away the Windows 7 OS that comes with it and put your uh, Ubuntu derivative on it.
2: Well, basically, because, uh, well, f- think about it from a cool standpoint. And and not basically, uh, we need to understand open that Open 1 to 1 is primarily developed for educational institutions. Anybody can use it, but uh, it was primarily designed with that in mind. Um, when you're running Windows, you're, you're on the hamster wheel now. You're, you're basically, you're tied into, uh, whatever upgrade cycle they, they need you to be on, uh, any of the bugs and so forth, uh, Pat Tuesday, um, the need to run antivirus software and so forth. Uh, and not only that, most networks come with Windows Starter Edition. Can't do a lot in a cool environment with Windows Starter Edition. Starter is as probably as being able to tie it into the network if you need to or whatever. But not only that, yes, you can get that laptop, and it comes with Windows, but then what? You know, you've got to go out and buy all of this other, you know, I do this a lot in uh, uh, in presentations that I do. You know, if you take a Windows CD and you stick it into a laptop and you load it up, what can you do afterwards? You can search the Internet, and you can use this wonderful uh, word processing program called WordPad, and that's about it uh yeah you can play freestyle too i think i'm not sure <laughs> um but basically uh with open one-to-one you stick that uh uh usb stick or actually in the, in the newest version we'll also have uh, uh live dvds available um you can do anything you know you can you can do all of all sorts of educational software you can do uh we install LibreOffice by default um and anything else that you'd like to install yourself you know we don't expect people to take the stock image and just run with it. The, the example, or, or the idea is, you take the stock image and you build on it. Um, you tweak it however you want to, you can put in your own artwork and so forth, and uh, once you have your golden image, you use the same tool that you used to deploy it with to create your golden image and move that to all the other USB sticks and Start banging out the laptops.
0: Now, is it running from the USB stick or loading on the software, on the hardware?
2: It, it, the, the USB stick is just simply the, uh, imaging solution. So, okay. no, it's not, it's not running. We're actually using, a. Uh, uh, we started out with, uh, using, a uh, pod image. And, um, uh, when, when Ubuntu switched over to, uh, ext4 by default, that, uh, threw a monkey wrench into our situation. So we ended up going with, uh, what's called FS Archiver which works really well because now I can develop on any size hard disk and it will go to any size hard disk. We're not not transferring any partition information. So
0: it works really well. Now you said about nine minutes to to image a machine? Actually about six minutes. Six minutes. Okay, so if I've got... 30 computers, so I, I need to devote an afternoon to it if I've only got, if I'm too cheap and can only afford one USB stick. But then, then I'm, I'm pretty well done. What about, uh, management in terms of, uh, interacting with those machines later? Do you install, like, uh, for example, VNC or anything like that for remote management and support?
2: Actually, we don't, um, but some schools have. We don't install that by default. Um, although that may be something that we do in the future. We've had a lot of, uh, um, uh, cool to asking about that sort of thing. Uh, it's a little difficult to configure, uh, by default because it's one of those things that kind of unique to the individual environment. Uh, one thing we had, uh, looked at at ITalk, um, as one possibility, but, uh, uh, most of the time we're finding in, in one-to-one deployment, uh, most schools are, are basically using them as one-to-one laptops so that I really don't need to interact with the machines. Uh, we're finding that, uh, schools are telling us, you know, we've got a teacher with a smart board up front and everybody's watching that. So, uh, as far as individual interaction, uh, no, we don't have anything installed in that, in that regard. Uh, and I'm gonna say an Apple thing again. We don't have anything like ARD. Apple Remote Desktop installed there at the moment. But uh, those are possibilities, and those are some, some things that we're working on. We do have uh a few things in the pipeline right now, and whether or not they'll make it into this image, I'm not sure, but as part of the imaging solution is the ability to name the machine by reading a a CSV file that lives on a web server. So uh you could actually export your list of students from your student information system and uh turn it into a CSV file, and then based on the MAC address, of the uh, laptop, it will go out and find out, uh, you know, what student student's name matches up with that, and assign the name to the assign the name to the machine, so you can pretty much do it hands off.
0: So that machine would be Billy A. Davis, and that's the name of the machine and the name of the student,
2: right. And uh if if for example that student moved away and you're going to reassign that laptop to someone else, you technically wouldn't have to actually uh uh touch the laptop. You could just change the name on the uh in the list. And uh the next time that it queried the server, it would get the new name.
0: We have a question in our chat room. Sure. Uh where can we find uh information about this image? Where where should we direct people if they want to find more details about it?
2: Um open one to one dot org. And what I'm not sure right at the moment is we're kind of in a transition at the moment with uh, uh, a new website. So if they aren't able to get it at open1to1.org, they should go to old.open1to1.org. And uh, they may be able to find it there. Uh, as soon as we get everything transferred over, and like I said, we're right in the middle of image development for this year. Uh, we are hoping to have it out before August 1st. Um, we've got a bunch of schools that are going to be testing it, and actually several people got a kind of an advanced copy of their latest image uh, about two weeks ago at the conference. And uh, as soon as we get a few things taken care of with the imaging tool, uh, we'll be posting that to make it available for anybody to just go out and bang on it. And uh, hopefully it'll be gold by August 1st and schools can get ready to start deploying it.
0: Yeah, I was going to comment on your new website because when I first tried to contact you, uh, you had just the Wikimedia page up and, yeah. and when I was checking it out today, you've got, uh, what looks like maybe a Drupal yeah. set up.
2: I, I think it's a, it's a Heroku. Okay. But, um, yeah, it, uh, it come along nicely. The, the Wikimedia with a, with a little, uh, 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 or the Media Wiki, excuse me. The Media Wiki with a little sparse, I have to admit. Um and we're we're trying to uh prevent present a more professional appearance and you know, we've got more and more schools coming out, you know, we've got several we've got a few schools with, you know, uh, uh, well over a thousand machines uh, deployed using open one to one. So uh, we're doing okay. And we're hoping to try to maintain, uh, a better appearance and hopefully it'll grow over time. We picked up a few developers along the way who are helping us out. One of them is, uh, Ian Danaher from the Sugar Project. And, uh, uh, so we've kind of gotten the interest of, uh, people like Walter Bender and, uh, uh, some of those folks who are working with Sugar and, uh, uh, the OLPC project. So. Uh, we're kind of hoping that when they come out with the new o- the new XO the new uh, uh, one laptop per child machine that uh, Open One to One will actually run on it.
1: Uh, I'm kind of curious uh, the I guess the geographic scope of what you're doing now and uh, any future plans for expanding on that.
2: Uh, well, I don't think I understand your question. What do you mean? With, with well, about- are,
1: I, I know you're you're primarily focusing on the Northeast. Is that right?
2: We're not necessarily focusing on anybody, that just happens to be where everybody happens to be at the moment. Uh but uh um, you know, if, if other schools around the country start picking it up, we really want to know about it. Uh and not only that, um uh one of the great things about this project, if you email me if you email me and say, Hey, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could do such and such an image? I'm gonna listen to you. In fact, that's how most of the image development takes place. Uh, one of the things that we did this year is, uh, uh, the Unity interface is not very, uh, if you, I hope you're all familiar with the Unity interface in, uh, in Ubuntu. It's not very configurable and, uh, com- uh, configurability is something you really need when you're working in an education environment. So, uh, we basically in this newest image have done away with that and, uh, working with, uh, the GNOME interface, but we've also put in a, uh, a doc using Docky, and, uh, it's working very well, but, I basically met with a whole bunch of uh, schools that are using open one to one and said, Hey, listen, these are some ideas that I have as far as the innovation is concerned. What what do you guys like? And uh overwhelmingly they approved of what it is that we're doing now. But uh uh you know, it it's nice to have uh people email me. I've had individual teachers email me in the past. Uh, you know, couldn't you include this program? And sometimes it's just you know, I'm just one individual. Sometimes I forget. <laughs> sure, sure well no and i
1: think that's that's why it's a good reason to really mention that is is that uh you know it's kind of a grassroots movement and uh so if you're out there listening and this sounds interesting uh be the one to take up the flag yeah you know get it started in your area so you you know take a look at it see if it's something that's right for you and uh get the ball rolling in your local area
2: yeah, the beauty of it is you can start on a small scale. And I've always recommended that you, uh, you know, one of my pet, uh, phrases whenever I do open, uh, open source conferences is avoid the trumpets. Don't just announce it and do it. Uh, but start small and put it on a few machines and see how people like it. You'll find that in, uh, in many cases, people who are in a strictly Windows shop, um, will actually take to open one-to-one quite easily, especially if people don't make a big deal out of it. Um, If you just simply put it in the hands of the kids and say, here's how you do this, this, and this, uh, you'd be surprised. They'll just take off, and and, uh, it will go very well.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, we had a, a listener in the chat room ask about a couple of things, and I think I already know the answer to this, but uh, they're mm-hmm. asking about Google Earth and SketchUp, uh, so some of the Google products, but uh, those are going to be kind of large to be on an image that you're doing like this, right?
2: Google Earth is already in there, uh, and uh, SketchUp is not in there, uh, and I'm not sure why SketchUp is not in there, because I'm not sure if they're the Linux client, or if there isn't, I'm not familiar with it. Uh and so somebody correct me if i'm wrong but uh google earth i believe is already in there uh i know picasa is in there um you know and and i i have to confess we have done some things you know there are some things that are not quite open source in the in the uh uh in the image itself like we do have adobe Acrobat reader and we do have uh the license from adobe to take care of that uh because being as realistic as possible, when you put something like this in the hands of educators, they need the the programs that they're most familiar with and the ones that are going to work the best for them. And we did try it initially without putting any of these things in there. And, you know, we found out that we really needed Flash because there are a lot of uh, uh, websites that uh, that use Flash. And uh, Adobe Reader, actually, there was some, uh, uh, some issues with regard to uh, screen reading software uh, that we needed for special ed kids. And it only seemed to work in in, a, in Adobe Reader, so uh, we ended up putting that in there, and that solved the issue. But as far as we, got, we there are a few Google products in there, Picasso being one of them. And I'm not a hundred percent sure on Google Earth. Uh, I could look right now, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> I I'm just looked sure it up, <laughs> uh,
0: David. I just looked it up. The official yeah. stance of Google regarding SketchUp on Linux is run the Windows version under Wine.
2: Well, right. But right. so <laughs> I think that's why it's not in there. However. If you want to put it on and it runs great for you, more power to you. I think it's a great idea.
1: Well, I think that's the, that's the great or the, the right point to be making is, uh, you know, you're not limited in what you can put on this. Uh, if, you know, if you can put it in Linux or wine, then, uh, you can run it. You just got to get in there and, uh, install it yourself.
2: So. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, you've got the Ubuntu software store and, uh, it's funny because at the conference that we just recently had, we had a, uh, an Apple employee who happened to be there and we were talking about, uh, uh, they were talking about the App Store and how Linux doesn't have anything like the App Store. I found that kind of funny. We kind of pointed out to him that we've had the, uh, uh, Ubuntu software store and its predecessor for Considerably longer than Apple has had the App Store.
1: Right. <laughs> well, if you ask Apple, nobody else has an App Store. There's no other App Store on Earth except for Apple's. <laughs>
2: you can't even use the word App Store. They will yeah, say that's it. true. Right. That may be true. It may be marketplace on my Android phone, but still, we're actually going to get a
0: lawsuit filed because we mentioned it in this podcast. <laughs>
2: <Right. so>. oh! <laughs> Appreciate
0: that, David. Uh, <laughs>
1: It's another $5 in Jobs' pocket. (laughs) Now,
0: now regarding the initial setup, um, you said that you can sort of make your golden image. Uh, Can I go so far as bookmarks in the browser and and wallpapers on the desktop and everything? You bet. So whatever that machine looks like, um, at the time I click the button to image it, every other machine will look exactly like it. Sure will. So I need to clear all the porn off before I do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes. In fact, that's one of the steps that I have to take in image development just to make sure. (laughs) 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 Yeah. um, And in fact... uh, I, you know, I will confess that I got a lot of the experience that I use in developing the image come from the fact that I have, uh, been involved with the, what's called the MLTI project, which stands for Maine Learning Technology Initiative, uh, the laptop program here in Maine, um, as an educator myself. So, and we've been doing this for nine years here in Maine. And so I've learned a lot from it. So that's one of the reasons why the, the image comes with three, uh, three accounts. An admin account, obviously, for the administrator, and um, a teacher account for uh, teachers, which have which has a, a a few more permissions than a student would. For example, teachers can uh, chat and use uh, um, Google Chrome, and I'll explain that in just a second, and a few other things. Whereas the student account. Uh, a lot of those things are hidden. It's not that they can't do them. It's, if the administrator would like to to enable them by, de- by default, they can. But in the initial image, they're disabled. Um, or should I say hidden? Um, in the case of Google Chrome, one of the reasons why we don't put Google Chrome on the student desktop is because uh, you can't shut off incognito mode, and there are a lot of schools that don't like the idea of students being able to browse privately. Um, Firefox on the other hand, you can turn it off and we have done that. Uh so the students aren't able to, to use private browsing in Firefox. But uh if uh it's just simply going into something like Alocott and uh, enabling the uh, menu item. So
1: uh i'm kind of curious uh how much you know obviously i think this would be an easy sell to uh maybe a district that's got a a real linux enthusiast kind of at the helm but uh how how easy has it been or the transition for maybe districts that are don't have a whole lot of experience with linux have you had any that have come in and had no previous experience with linux and what was that learning curve like for them
2: we have and it had been it 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 for the most part, idiot-proof. Um, you know, I've actually had several people emailing me saying, you know, can it get any easier than this? Because really, uh, with the exception of if you really wanted to tweak the image, you know, if you really want to go in and tweak the image and uh, uh, get really fancy with it, um, then yeah, you would need it, perhaps a little bit of Linux experience. Um, and we'll help you with that. You know, if you email me and say, how can I add such and such? I'll be happy to show you. Um, but, uh, and also, I have also, uh, in the past, if you've got a really big school system uh, that has a particular model of laptop or network or something like that, and they want to be absolutely sure that it works on their machine, uh, we've had a couple of cases where they've sent us, sent us one of their machines and we make sure it works. And we develop an image just for them. But, um And when I say develop an image just for them, we make a stock image that works just for them, and then they take care of it from there. Uh, The only thing you ever run into is things like wireless and uh, microphones and and so forth. But that's becoming less and less prevalent as uh, the hardware manufacturers finally get the idea. (laughs) But um, we... uh, uh, Where was I going with this? Just the ease of use, use, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, For the most part... uh, a couple people have emailed me and said, you know, it doesn't get much easier than this. You just stick it in and go. We, we've got it down to the point where uh, if you only have one image on the USB stick, it two clicks. It's basically you have to hit enter twice. We tried to make it as simple as possible.
1: Nice. Yeah, so really no technical knowledge necessary at all to get it rolling.
2: No, you can actually take our stock image and deploy that and, and be done with it.
0: So that means you can have students help you out, or as I like to call them, loosely trained monkeys. As uh, a
2: matter, f- matter of fact, this is kind of an interesting scenario. We did in our first year of deployment, uh, uh, when Comic came out, Comic uh, Koala, which was, oh, what number was that? Was that 1010? I can't remember.
0: I don't know. I don't keep up with it.
2: <laughs> I don't. No, actually, uh, anyway, um, that might have been 910. But uh, we started out, I think the initial image was um whatever was before comic, uh jaunty jackalope right and so um the initial image was on that and then that fall it seemed like a lot of schools especially in our area started moving to the managed uh wireless network uh the uh, wireless n uh with the single controller uh, and you basically just put up the access point wherever you want and they, they configured themselves. Um, and there were some issues with, uh, certain wireless access points in schools that have been installed and, uh, the wireless cards on various laptops, uh, being weak and dropping and so forth. But that was something that was actually addressed in Karmic, which came out in October, so some of the schools started the year with uh, with the, the the very first image we ever did, and we're having some small issues with it, and so we. Uh quickly put out another one as soon as comic became available uh, to fix that issue. And uh, normally we wouldn't do that. Uh, we basically have decided that uh, the best time to put out an image is based on, you know, if you go with the Ubuntu release cycle, we'll use whatever comes out in April and develop the uh, image based on that. And uh, so we'll do one new image per year unless there's, you know, I, and I'm not limiting ourselves to that, but if there's something that, you know, really G waves that we have to have that comes out mid-year then we might actually build something on that but uh you know one image a year in a school environment is usually the best thing to do because of uh you know schools just aren't going to do a mid-year image however in this particular case uh several schools didn't have any choice they had to do a mid-year image and what i learned uh that they did was they went out and bought uh you know between 20 and 40 usb sticks you basically need to have at least a, uh, a four gig stick, uh, in order for it to work correctly. And, uh, they pass, they, for example, would go to a high school English class and, uh, pass out, you know, 20 USB sticks to all the kids, uh, basically walk them through how to, you know, hit F12 and boot from the, uh, USB stick and hit enter and then hit enter again and then wait five minutes and pull the USB stick out and be done with it. And so they were able to re the entire high school. And this, this particular high school had 900 machines. They were able to re the entire high school in a morning.
1: Wow, very nice. Well, we, so, we all like that. Of course, we use a, an imaging solution called Fog to do our imaging. But yeah. uh, it, it's the same thing. You know, when you're able to image that many computers in such a short time, it's, uh, it's life changing.
2: Yes. And and as a matter of fact, I do know of some schools who have been using, I know they've been using clonezilla and I'm not sure, but I think somebody has also used fog to uh, deploy this. Basically, once you make the image, you can use almost any, any, any imaging solution that you're comfortable with. Uh, especially if all of your machines are pretty much the same. So,
1: All right. Uh, I did, I wanted to to mention Mark. am, Am I right there?
0: yeah that. we were just trying to download your software and we can't i'm guessing it's because it's caught in the middle of your upgrade cycle
2: uh, if, if you're on the new website yet, uh i'm not sure if you can get it from the old website i haven't checked it
0: now tried uh, that when i click the button it gives me a 404 at the new site so you just uh you're right in the middle of it right
2: uh let's see old old open one old.open121.org yeah I, i'm looking at the show notes you have it written down wrong uh, it should be open one to one dot org. Right.
0: Well, I, yeah, that's where I am. Okay. But uh, uh, when I click the download on that, it took me to the new site with a 404 error.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah well, not I'm sure we're in the middle of moving things around. Right.
1: Yeah, wow. and I'm sure by the time this show comes out, uh, that move will probably be completed then.
2: I hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we know. We recently did the same thing, uh, transitioned our site. I say we, really, Mark uh, did that, and I looked at it and said, yeah, I like it or I don't. But <laughs> but that was uh, – he, he did a lot of work on that over several weeks before uh, we really felt comfortable with it.
0: Good. So uh, tell us what the uh, the future plans for world domination are.
2: Oh, wow. Um, well, we're really hoping that a lot of people will listen to this podcast and, uh, give it a shot. And, uh, we're hoping to branch out even more, you know, with the new website is going to make us look a little more professional. And, uh, uh, as more and more schools get on board and realize that this is a viable, uh, solution that they will, uh, turn out and adopt it. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe at some point, uh, uh, somebody will see us and, and recognize that, uh, this is, viable and pick it up and run with it um and i don't mean i don't mean like google's gonna buy us out or something no that's not what i'm talking about but i'm talking about maybe this will be uh become more of a household uh name in the education circles at least
1: we need the gates foundation to open the doors and just like drop you know 50 million dollars on you
2: that would be cool (laughs) (laughs) actually uh, we are looking into the idea of doing a kickstarter i don't know if you're familiar with the Kickstarter project right um uh, we are looking into, uh, doing something like that because, you know, we are getting to the point where we would like to market it a little bit, you know, perhaps go to some, uh, uh, you know, like the ISTE conference and so forth and, uh, uh, tell people about us and have something a, a little more than just one little netbook to show everybody, you know, perhaps some banners and so forth. But, uh, you know, every time we see people, people are like, yeah, this is really cool. I, I'd like to try this. And they do. Um, I've you know, I've heard stories about individuals in particular, uh in small schools picking picking us up and running with it. But uh uh you know, it is gonna be tough to overthrow the big guys, but uh maybe someday. I don't know. We've got troopers. <laughs>
0: you, you don't need to overthrow them. You need to work alongside
2: them and that's fine. It's, you know, exactly. If, exactly. if you get
0: five percent of the market, that's still ridiculous.
2: Yes it is. That's huge. It is. Yeah, um, so. And you know, I'm, I'm seeing that, uh, uh, a lot of us who used to use K12 LTSP and so forth and, uh, uh, you know, there are several schools that used to, used to use terminal servers and uh, thin clients and so forth are starting to get away with it because as hardware becomes cheaper and cheaper, it becomes, uh, you know, in many cases, it makes more sense for them to move to a one-to-one or at least a, uh, a few-to-one type of model. Um, I do know of a lot of schools who are using open one-to-one in a cart situation. And uh, uh, there's one school in Vermont that's using it, and they said it's, it's so great because they only have a tech guy there uh, a few days a week or one or two days a week. And the nice thing is that he basically showed the teacher, if something goes wrong with this, take the USB stick, stick it in, hit F12, hit enter twice, and as soon as it says reboot, you're done, and you're back in business. And that's pretty cool. So, it really uh, is. It, it's been very easy for them to deploy, and so they have it in a cart situation. And uh, uh, I think a lot of schools are starting to move, more to using cars or open one-to-one and uh, you know i still use a thin client environment but uh, i can see in the future that may not be the best way to go i don't know
0: all right david well thank you for your time and so as i am uh, is my custom to do i'll ask you uh uh is there any one final thought or one last thing you wanted to say to our audience if, they, if there's uh, one thing you wanted them to remember when they left here today what would you like that to be
2: well, I, uh, I hope that they all give it a shot. Um, take a, give us a week or two to get things under control here. But, you know, by August 1st, uh, be sure to check out our website, www.open121.org. That's the number one, t uh, TO1.org. And, uh, give us a shot and, uh, you know, start small and, uh, try it out with a few kids and see what happens. I think you'll be amazed. It's very simple. And, uh, you know, as a tech guy, it will give you give you your life back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, David. Well, thank you for being with us. We appreciate your time. And, uh,
2: thank you. I
0: guess we'll uh, talk to you later.
2: Okay. Take care. Thanks.
0: Once again, that was David Trask of the open one-to-one project. Uh, Sounds interesting. I'm, I'll give it a try on some of our machines at the at school and see what I think.
1: Well, yeah, that's. Uh, I was thinking about that, and uh, really the the point that he made at the end and reminds me of what I did in the classroom the last semester is putting Linux on a couple of machines and watching it grow. And I could see with as easy as that is to deploy, you could really do the same thing. You could take it pop it into one or two machines in a classroom and uh, just kind of watch it spread as students, you know, the students will decide, you know, that whether they like something or not. And uh, you're going to find out really quickly uh, if you're really in tune with, you know, a, a classroom, uh, you're going to put that on a few machines and you're going to find out either the kids love it or they hate it. And if they love it, they're going to be crawling over each other to get to that particular computer. Right. And, and you
0: might as well just go ahead and stipulate from the beginning that the parent, the teachers won't like it. So just go ahead and accept that.
1: Right. Well, yeah, and, and that that may very well be the case. I know we, we've uh, tried the same thing in our district, and it seems like every time you try to put the Linux out there, uh, teachers won't like it because it's not what they're used to. Right. It's different. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's funny. Young minds are so much more open to change, and you put that out there, and they are drawn to it. So, uh, you know, even even if you're – uh, well, I don't know. I guess it depends on the district you're in whether you have the latitude to do something like that or not. But I can say, in my experience, it's it's a very positive and powerful thing to watch the kids uh, really make that decision for you.
0: All right. Well, I think that will. Move. We got to stop saying all right so much. We say uh, all right yes. way too often.
1: Yes. I'm I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> but you said that one.
0: I did. It was me. <laughs> I I am fully. Uh, cognizant of the fact that it was my fault i did it uh, so uh,
1: so mark what do we got what do we got coming up next i'll just get the ball rolling <laughs> so I, i'll just bring us right straight
0: into our tips of the week and and this the the tech tip this week is one i've been sitting on for a long while months because i i'm not quite sure what to make of it i it it looks cool and it's open source but I don't really know how useful it is, or or I don't know. For one thing, it's it's aimed mainly at businesses, but maybe schools could use it, maybe not. I don't know. I it's,
1: could see I could see our district doing that. I mean,
0: it's com one hundred with two m c o m m and then the number one zero zero, um, and so com one hundred is a suite of tools that you can either download yourself and install on your server, or they'll host it for you. And it's not so much a website, but add-ins to your website that give you things like instant live chat and a forum and survey system and a knowledge base and a trouble ticket system, uh, all all hosted on open source stuff that you host yourself or uh, they'll host for you at a, a nominal, nominal fee. Um, and again, I, I don't really have a lot of experience with it. I didn't install it, uh, but the website looks both impressive and a little weird all at the same time. So I will just leave that as an exercise to the listener uh, to check it out and see what you think. And maybe get back with me uh, at com100.com. And again, that link will be in the show notes.
1: Yeah, I was looking at that, and that is like right up my alley, right, with my customer service background. Uh, So yeah, I'm all like, hey, I want to try that out. That would be really cool, you know. Uh, Maybe I'd get a little bit fewer phone calls and actually be able to head that off. It looks like it's primarily built around chat. Right. Well, Uh, it seems
0: to, to replicate a lot of infrastructure that you probably already have. You know, most schools already have some sort of uh, communication be an email or trouble ticket or chat system you know we at our school we have all three of those um, and so it if you have nothing i can certainly see starting here if you already have something i'm not really sure um if you would want to supplant what you have with com 100
1: yeah I guess it kind of depends i I couldn't tell and again it's it's that uh not really knowing but I couldn't tell if you could just work that chat part like integrate it into your current system because it would be really neat if you could work that in and then uh you know, maybe have it integrated with your regular trouble ticket system. I don't know if that's uh, realistic or not, or maybe if that's just something that you have to hack into your own website. Uh, but it has a nice professional look, right? I mean, if you're looking to take your customer service to the next level and uh, uh, next level of professionalism, then maybe that's a way to go. Uh, maybe there's better ways to do it. I don't know. We really, I, we're kind of small to consider something like that other than you know as a novelty but uh certainly whenever anybody can get on and and open up a chat with the tech support uh it's going to be a little bit higher customer service level i just don't know i know if my day if i had to field off or ward off all of those chat requests all day long i probably wouldn't get anything else done
0: well is that true because your teachers can already chat with you now and they don't
1: yeah but we've you know we've Made it a little bit more obscure, I guess. Uh, you know, they have chat clients, and you know, especially now that we're a Google school, uh, is that is that you know a real term? Google school.
0: Uh, it is now. Yeah. You just made it. <laughs> uh,
1: now that we're a Google school, uh, of course, we have the the Google chat, and uh, I've had more teachers reaching out to me on that, but it's still fairly limited. Uh, I don't even know. I mean, we didn't exactly blast it out there, so I don't even know that they all necessarily know that it's there um and again it's that thing of change so if they're used to uh, aim or whatever then that's all they're ever going to think chat is so so john what is
0: our uh, teacher tip of the week
1: all right the teacher tip is something that we've actually talked about in several episodes before but we've never really listed it as a tip and i thought that it, it warranted being listed as a tip because uh we've talked about a few items it's the aviary suite and uh, i'm going to i'm going to say the suite of of products because uh we've only talked about uh, really a couple of them in detail uh so i wanted to list the entire suite uh one we talked about it in the context of being you know being on google apps for domains and having uh, those tools built into the uh, google apps uh so if you're a google school you're very familiar with all of these things but maybe not even really all of them because Uh, they're
0: adding all the time
1: right they they really are i mean i'm i pulled it up and i'm counting uh, eight different applications that they have now and you know we've really focused on three i know in you know using them in the school um but uh aviary has uh eight total tools here listed here and uh, it's everything from a basic image editor to a vector editor and, and they claimed to be the first vector graphic editor uh web-based vector graphic editor out there uh and i believe it because i remember when i first saw it i hadn't seen anything come close to that um the effects editor they've got a color swatch editor uh image markup audio editor music creator uh even a screen capture tool so uh i just wanted to get it down as a tip of the week and say even if you're a Google school that maybe, uh, you haven't gone out and really checked out all of these products and they are, uh, hotly developed. They really, uh, stay on top of things and are constantly improving their products. So even if you haven't gone, uh, or if you have gone and seen these things, uh, but it's been a while, you might want to go back and take a look at them. So, uh, aviary.com. All right.
0: Cool. Thanks. I like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That so sounded like I just need to say something here. No, I was, I was trying
0: to be supportive and encouraging,
1: and I feel the love. I feel yeah, I was, yeah. I
0: was, I was, I'm being uh, a positive influence in your life.
1: <laughs> yes, you are <laughs> a positive pain in the <laughs> Sigh. Yes, side, sigh.
0: side.
1: Sigh. 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 Yes, this is. Kid-friendly show. Yeah. So anyway, yeah.
0: the, the next time, this is, this is the part of the show where we tell you where you can find out more information. Uh, and we're going to do that but also include a plea for help. Uh, our website is elementop.com. And uh, one of the things that we have there is uh, our forums, the, the community there. And Sean and I were discussing today um, how uh, lax he's been in his responsibilities uh, regarding <laughs> the forum. Um, <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Uh, that's the way I remember the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but basically we're we need some mods some people who'd like to moderate our forum and for example there's a list of our tips of the week uh, up there that we don't always stay on top of you know we're busy producing the show and then we do the show and now that I, we have
1: I appreciate the we there that's sweet yes, nice because I could do it too well, I just you, you don't. could, but that is my responsibility right. so that's nice that you put the, we in
0: yeah. the <laughs> So, uh, but you know not only are we doing this show but we're doing uh, several other shows now and so th- things like that are getting away from us so we would like uh, for somebody to to step up and volunteer to be a mod, and we can just give you admin access. And you could keep up with uh, the tips of the week and uh, uh, show, in fact, if you want to write the show notes uh, that we put up there every week, uh, (laughs) I'd be more than happy to let somebody do that. Um, But anyway, just uh, so something to uh, think about. If anybody's out there and you've got some spare time and you want to contribute to the uh, Element OP community, uh, we could use your help. Uh, but you could also not only find us there on our website, but also at, uh, uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash, uh, Opie, and there'll be the Twitter lists there where you can find the host for each show, uh, facebook.com slash Element Opie. We finally got that one, uh, which is pretty much just a clone of our main website right now it's just kind of a cross post i do want uh, to
1: say thank you to the droves and droves uh, that are within my social network for pushing us the extra three votes I That's think we right. needed yes. the three likes over the edge there so
0: <laughs> and of course if you want to give us a call and be on the air uh on the electrons uh, we're not really on anybody's air uh no uh, anyway, that's uh, phone number is five three zero frugal f r u g a l two the number two or you can call us right there from our website. Uh, click the call us button uh, and Google will call you and you can leave us a voicemail. Don't be disappointed when nobody answers. Nobody's ever going to answer. It's strictly voicemail only. But uh, leave a yeah. voicemail that's not involving a doctor's appointment for a newborn baby, and we will put it on uh, on the show. <laughs> you know,
1: we should do one time we should answer that that call. call comes in answer it just hello uh Uh, yeah the tightwad tech
0: Uh, hi you're on the air live that's what we should do yeah Yeah. all right great show okay well sean has deemed it a great show yes and therefore the show is over and so there's nothing left to say but this is mark signing off
1: and sean signing off